And here we are again with another edition of Ground Rule Double. Benjamin Cox and Matt Trusty, I'm sure you know us by now. And if you don't know us, where you been? Uh, we've been kind of cruising along into the season. Uh, a lot of teams are up and down. Some teams are still performing. Uh, some teams are hovering around whether they want to be great or mediocre. Uh, I think both of our teams fall into that uh, realm. We're not really sure what we have with either team right now. Um I don't know, man. Where, where do you want to jump off and start tonight? Where, where do you want to do? What's on your mind? Talk to me some baseball. Uh, well, uh, it seems up until late both of our teams have been playing fairly well. Uh, I was a little surprised uh, at a move the Cardinals made. Um, so John Brebbia came in uh, to a 13-inning affair and p- pitched three strong shutout innings. And then the very next day, they send him down to move John Gant to come up uh, as a long man reliever. Uh, what does that say about uh, the Cardinals' belief in Brebby at this point? The guy was really decent at the end of last year, uh, and they option him after he puts in a spectacular performance and gives the team a win. Uh, why would you do that? <laughs> so I think it's twofold. One, I don't think their belief in Brebbia is what we want it to be. But two, they could also be protecting him from Matheny. Matheny has a bad habit of overusing relievers. We've already seen it so far in the end season with Justin Hicks, even with Greg Holland, who's not where he needs to be. Uh, I think he'll get there. I don't think he'll have the season that he had of of last year, uh, but he's got to do better. But I think they're also protecting him from Matheny, sending him down to get some rest because – Matheny's like that jockey. If you're on a winning horse, he rides it till you can't even compete. And I, I think it's a little bit of both. I think they're protecting him from himself and from Matheny, and they may not have a huge belief in him as well. But I think a lot of it goes back to Matheny. They're doing a lot of moves um, to try to keep Matheny as manager of that team. Yet he's made some, you know, questionable decisions out of the bullpen as of late. Uh, for those of you just joining us, don't follow really our teams. Uh, the Cubs are on a four-game winning streak. They've popped up to second in the division, uh, basically just because they have less losses. They played two less games than the Cardinals. The Cardinals have dropped down to third place, uh, and the Pittsburgh Pirates are in first place. So I don't get how you play so well. You play the Mets well. I think they won two or three from them. And I'm not saying that Pittsburgh is a bad team. They're doing things different. But uh, they should have won at least two two of those games. I don't think they should have won today. Kingman was spectacular. But they had a 5-2 lead going into the ninth. Uh, in Friday's game, they had a little bit of a lead. Uh, last night, they just couldn't hold on to it. Yeah, I. you know, the bullpen has been... Uh, question for both teams the last couple years and it seems like the Cubs have figured out what their woes were last year uh C-Sheck, Strope and Morrow have been phenomenal uh, out of the bullpen for the Cubs uh this year and it seems like that's kind of the way the bullpen will be structured uh with Strope and then C-Sheck or vice versa depending upon matchups and then Morrow for the ninth. Uh, Morrow's not a big strikeout save guy. Uh, he, he induces a lot of weak contacts. 
Same thing with C-Sheck, just because of his delivery. And then Strope with that wipeout slider when it's on. Uh, there are very few people that can touch it. And the starting pitching has gotten better for the Cubs. Uh, that's why they shut the Brewers out four times in a row now and swept them this weekend without scoring a whole lot of runs. Uh, Chris Bryant was dinged in the head uh, late last week by a 96-mile-per-hour fastball. They said he didn't have a concussion but uh, kept him out of the lineup for pretty much the entire weekend, uh, the remainder uh, of the, the series that they were in prior and uh, two-thirds of the series with Milwaukee. And, you know, Bryant said it best. He's just protecting himself, uh, you know, anything to do with your head and your brain. Uh, you don't want to mess with, especially with all the stuff that's gone on with the NFL. Um, and it's, you know, wreaked havoc in some players' uh, careers. I believe Jim Edmonds battled with that. Buster Posey battled with that. Joe Maurer battled with that and moved him from behind the plate to first base uh, and shortened maybe what could have been a spectacular Hall of Fame career as a catcher. Um, you know, the Cubs and the Pirates, uh, four-game four, four game winning streak, five-game winning streak, uh, respectively, the Pirates are getting uh, Jung Ho Gung back, who just got his visa back. So, what does that mean for them? Um, you know, the Cardinals were playing really great ball, uh, and then it just seemed like it all fell apart uh, over these last three games with with the Pirates. It does, and, and we know baseball is a game of streaks. You're going to have those streaks. It's how you come out of them. And, and some of the bullpen hasn't been bad. Uh, Hicks has been phenomenal. Uh, but that's the problem. He's already pitched 14 innings as a reliever. The next closest person uh, to him is Matt Bowman in 11 innings, and, and you can just see it. Hicks is only a 126 ERA, which is awesome. Uh, Matt Bowman is 5.56 earned run average, which is not great for a reliever, and that's the problem. Uh, Matheny rode that horse the last two years, and I think it's just finally catching up with him. He just doesn't have anything left. Uh, Tyler Lyons, another one. He's got nine innings and has given up a six, six. He's had a six earned run. Greg Holland at seven innings. He's given up over a run, uh, I think, per inning. He's at 7.36. And then Luke Gregerson has not been anything at all what the Cardinals have expected from him. Uh, coming off the DL, he's only fits three and two-thirds of an inning and has almost a 10 earned run average. Uh, but then you look at players like Mike Myers. Um, Bud Norris has been spectacular. Uh, Sheriff hasn't been bad. Uh, Leon and Tuli Valala are, are still under five uh, and under four for their under on average. So the bullpen hasn't been bad, but it's like uh, Matheny is picking the wrong matchups at the, at the wrong times to go out there. And the Cardinals are giving up games that I truly believe they should win. And you can't, you can't get swept by Pittsburgh. As we've talked about throughout our podcast, you need to show up when you play your division. And I was really happy with as well as the Cardinals played the Brewers and the Reds early on. I thought, okay, we're going to do something with the division. We really haven't seen what they can do against the Cubs because of the, the snow out or rain out or cold out mm -hmm. uh, while they were up there in Chicago. Uh, they split a two-game series in, in retrospect, which was supposed to be a four-game series. I just don't know. And, and the Cubs are hot right now, which hopefully they can ride that horse. But – both teams basically have 15 wins. The Cubs have 10 losses. The Cardinals 12 losses. I, I think the Cubs are a little bit worse than where I thought they would be right about now. 
I think the Cardinals are a little bit better than where I thought they would be right now. And I know we're right about 30 games into the season, so we know there's a big uh, majority of the season to go. But I think how these two teams come out of this weekend and play is going to kind of be what the rest of the season is going to be like for both teams. Uh, Yes and no. I mean, the Cubs last year had that spectacularly awful start and then just played out of their minds through the second half. And, you know, the Cardinals and Cubs, uh, the Cubs the last three years, the Cardinals forever uh, have been notoriously strong second-half teams. So I I wouldn't say that this weekend would determine, uh, this next weekend would determine how that works. You said it best earlier on. uh, It's a game of streaks and whoever uh, manages to put together more good streaks than bad ones uh, usually is the ones that end up in the playoffs. Uh, The Cardinals, you know, I think they're playing uh, better than I expected them to be, uh, especially with their pitching. Uh, Michaelis is one of those guys that was kind of surprising for me uh, from them. Um, You know, I I really think pitching is going to be uh, where it's at, and I think that's why the Cubs are, have been worse uh, than what they are. Their offense has been there uh, when two, uh, well, actually three out of their five starters have, you know, three under three and a half ERAs. You know, Lester, Hendricks, and Chatwood are all under three three thirty uh, ERAs, and all have pitched uh, more than twenty seven innings. Uh, those are games you got to win. And with uh, the team being six and five in their starts, you know that says something that uh, there's been a lack of offensive production when they've been getting good pitching, and when uh, the Cubs have been giving you know good hitting, they've been getting poor pitching out of uh, Darvish and uh, Quintana. Uh, I think Quintana's finally starting to get out of it. You know he is three and one, but he's at a five seven four ERA. Uh, Darvish is 0-2. He's yet to go into a sixth inning. Uh, at this point, he's striking out people. He's got 29 strikeouts and leads the team. But, uh, again, he's given up too many runs, 15 earned runs over 25 and two-thirds innings. You just can't do that. Um, you know, that taxes a bullpen. And, you know, that's the thing. The bullpen's been spectacular. You got Dunsing with a zero ERA over eight innings. You got uh, Edwards with a... ERA over 13 and two-thirds. Strope at 2.45 over 11 innings. Uh, C-Check at 2.84 over 12 and two-thirds. Morrow has got zero ERA over 10 innings. And, uh, you know, that speaks volumes of those guys. But, uh, you know, Mike Montgomery and Eddie Butler, the long guys, and Justin Wilson... Uh, who they thought was going to be this great setup guy has been absolutely terrible. Uh, they got nothing out of that trade. Uh, Candelario is playing as a starter for Detroit. They uh, simply uh, sold low on him, I think, and bought high on Wilson and uh, the now-departed Alex Avila. So I think these teams right now are struggling to find an identity. Uh that's the big thing. Uh, they know. are, but what, you you really don't have a place to play, Candelario. That's the that's a sad spot. Yeah, um, but they could have traded him to get better uh, a better return, and 
I again I think that's the that's the gamble you take at the trade deadline instead of waiting until the winter time and work, yeah. working for a better deal. True, I mean, but you know the Cubs were trying to go further in the playoffs and make sure they made the playoffs last year. So they were trying to do because their bullpen wasn't great last year either. So they were trying to do whatever they could. Wilson wasn't bad in Detroit. Avila, you're right. I don't know he was why the, they. He was the linchpin. He was the linchpin in that deal. If we hadn't had Alex Avila, we wouldn't have gone into the NLCS last year. Um, you know, and that says something for uh, for how bad Wilson was when he came over to the Cubs because uh, Avila was just kind of the throw-in. He really was. We want we we just wanted a an extra backup because Caratini was light hitting last year and he seemingly has figured it out this year. He's batting two ninety two as a backup pinch hitter, switch hitter. Uh, he's a terrible defensive catcher, but as a uh, switch hitting bat off the bench, that that's great. And he could play first base, so he can spell Anthony Rizzo once in a while. Uh, if you would have let me finish my thought there, that would have been awesome. Sorry, uh, I'm a jerk today. But I get what, what I'm saying is that, yes, I know he helped them last year, but me personally, I didn't think it was something they need. I really think they should just play Wilson Contreras more than what they did last year. Uh, they seem to be doing it more this year, but I thought he had way too many off games uh, last year. He's just, to me, I just like that kid a lot. I, I, I think he's going to have a great major league baseball career. And, and again, I know you talked about Caratini a lot. I know he was struggling last year, but as you said, uh, he kind of really figured it out. So for them to maybe get something a little bit better, I was going to agree with you. I, I could see what you're saying to where, because now Avila's not even on the team. So in the end, was it really worth it? Because yes, the goal is to obviously get to the playoffs, but I think the, the Cubs goal now is to not just get in the playoffs. I think they want to create a dynasty in Chicago and, and win more world championships. Oh yeah, I mean the window is open. Uh, they sold the farm over the last several seasons. Uh, they've got a good young core of players. Uh, now the players just have to perform, and it's finally nice that they've realized that with Albert Almora and Javier Baez because they've been batting those guys one two, and uh, they've reaped great dividends from that. Uh, on base percentage is well over three and a half for both of them. They're both batting over 290. Uh, Baez is on one of his notorious hot streaks. He's uh, in the top 10 in the league in home runs and RBIs right now. Uh, still striking out too much with 22 strikeouts, but uh, every hit he's put in play has been uh, an extra base hit. Uh, 11, well, 18 extra base hits out of the 28 hits he's had this year. Absolutely. We did have a little bit of history today, and it comes, of course, against uh, the Cardinals with uh, the rookie Kingham coming up from from AAA to make his Major League, de- Major League debut. Nick Kingham, Kingham goodness gracious, uh, he retired the first 20 batters he faced, which is an expansion-era record for pitching making his debut. and also had to do with like nine or more strikeouts as well so he had the cardinals number today so if you picked him up on fantasy i tell you what you did quite well uh for 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 a pitcher making his major league debut but i almost and it's just sad i couldn't pick him up because i didn't want to root for him 
uh, against the Cardinals. I really want them to have this win. But the Cardinals always seemingly struggle against a pitcher making their major league debut as well. Yeah. Um, another questionable move that happened today is uh, righty Jack Flaherty was optioned back to AAA. What's up with that guy, Matt? I mean, <laughs> uh, they optioned him back for Austin Gomber, who's number 14 in their prospect pipeline. Uh, what's going on with Flaherty? Because we keep hearing he's the next best thing. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, he he was always because they're going to bring Wainwright back off the DL and and they're going to wide Reno until he can seemingly pitch no more. He's basically the guy this year. From what I'm getting so far, the Cardinals are starting to use the 10-day DL to give pitchers like Reno, Waka, whomever it may be, some extra rest to keep them going into um, deeper into the season. And it just looks like that Flaherty this year is going to be um, going to be that that stop starter to give those an extra week or two between starts to help keep them fresh. I, I don't know. I know he wasn't happy being sitting down the last time after pitching well. He pitched well last night uh, up until the fifth, and it's a little bit of a shaky start. But I, I really wish I could answer that, and I can't answer. It why they're doing what they're doing. That, that's the only thing that makes sense to me, but first, I think they just should make him a starter, ride him, and, and get him acclimated, so next year he's got that first full season in. I think Lano needs to go to the bullpen, or needs to be traded, or even released, which Lano has been great. He's been a great Cardinal, but unfortunately Father Time uh, has caught up with Lano pretty quickly. Yeah, I've, I've been working on a little project from uh, on the side about draft classes, and Wayno is uh, the oldest drafted player on the Cardinals team. Uh, he was drafted in 2000 by the Braves, actually. Uh, he and Yachty were drafted in the same draft class uh, in that season, but uh, Yachty, of course, was taken by the Cardinals. Uh, you know, that's 16 years of... Major League, uh, 18 years, excuse me, of Major League Baseball work because uh, he made his debut, I believe, two years later for the Cardinals, two or three years later. Uh, you know, that's that's a lot of miles on an arm, and considering some of the injuries he's had, you know, that just, to me, I would have I seen them cut ties like they did with Matt Holliday. You know, they let that guy go real quick. Um, obviously they've got better options in the outfield now because of that, but, uh, you know, if they're going to ha have loyalties, why not to a guy who's still producing like holiday, who actually had a semi-decent season as a DH with the Yankees last year. I, and I think they will be, I think they will go that route next year. If he wants to pitch after this season, he just under contract. Honestly, if, if, if Holiday was still under the Cardinals contract, I think he would still be a Cardinal right now. Um, they just don't seem to. Um, they just don't seem to cut ties with people when they need to cut ties. And I said, the only reason I think they got rid of him um, was because his contract was up. Another person is struggling mildly for the Cardinals. Uh, so I'm in uh, several different fantasy leagues, and one of my fantasy chats, it said, uh, 
a person said, you know, if Matt Carpenter wasn't a Cardinal, he wouldn't even be rosterable right now. Well, who cares if he's a Cardinal? He's not putting up any numbers. But then they jumped on it. Somebody said, I feel like Trusty predicted this. And it was. I said by the beginning of 2019 season, Matt Carpenter would not be an everyday starter. And he'll he'll start this year just because he's a Cardinal. And he may start next year. He just shouldn't. He just I, – I just – I've seen it too many times with a lot of players like this for St. Louis where they were great. And he was great. But he was never – he never shook me as the – best baseball player he played it to his potential he played over his potential but it seems like they are now really starting to figure him out and he's just not talented enough to to keep going i hope i'm wrong but i'm still sticking by that prediction yeah it, it just seems like injury or just the streaky hitting uh, has been his biggest pratfall at this point and with Jose Martinez swinging the bat as well as he is, and uh, Jorko's back from the DL. Why not start those two guys because they're hitting the ball better? <laughs> you know, if you're a manager, you know, with any kind of sense at this point, and you want your ball team to win, you put the best product on the field, and Carpenter's not swinging the bat right now. Uh, he just needs to go back to the woodshed and figure it out or the Cardinals need to trade him while he's still got some value. I don't even know he has value right now, Ben. I really don't. Some desperate team team would pick him up. You and I both know that. Uh, He'd he'd probably go play for the Marlins. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what we'd get from from that. You're right. There are some teams that would definitely be able to use him, but what would we get in return? That's the whole thing. (laughs) Not what we could have got in return, say, even last year. All right, Ben, what you drinking this evening? Well, tonight I am drinking an American adjunct lager from Capital Brewing Company called Supper Club. It is 5% alcohol by volume. Uh, I don't see any IBUs on the can. I'm too lazy to look it up at this point because I've had about four of them. Because uh, I grilled out earlier today some nice uh, ribeye steaks with the spring weather. So, <laughs> um yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm hanging out in the, the lager world with uh, Capital Brewing Company tonight. I'm drinking uh, Three Blind Mice from Mother's Brewing Company out of Springfield, Missouri. Three dark L traditions get a dose of Mother's Love. A dry finish and medium body doesn't mean we skip on robust, roasty, malty character. This an eminently drinkable brown ale for downtime or nights downtime. Uh, it's rich chocolate malt. Green leafy hops, dry finish with a faint malty sweetness. Uh, it's got five and a half alcohol by volume, 24 IBUs. Um, surprisingly decently smooth. Uh, I'm on their website. I don't know much about Mothers. It just started popping up around the St. Louis area. However, you know you always look for uh, Bell or beers with the strongest IBU. They have a Chardonnay. Wow, Chardonnay. Chardonnay, barrel age, asceticism, which is a Belgian strong air at 14% APV. Um, I'd like to give that one a try. It's one of Festival of Wood and Barrel Age beers. I'll have to keep my eye open uh, for that one. Um, I won the silver medal for the Festival of Wood and Barrel Age back last year. 
But I'm actually surprised with the uh, number of beers they actually have on tap from their um, from their uh, tasting room in Springfield, Missouri. Uh, wish it wasn't about a four-hour drive there. I'd go take a look at it sometime. Yeah, they're starting to arrive around. I think uh, they're in Springfield over here on the Illinois side, too, uh, at least on the tap rooms that I've seen. Uh, so... I would definitely like to get a hold of some of those as well. All right, Ben, got any shots or anything else going on this this fine Sunday night? Well, uh, the whole Respect 90 thing, it was interesting. Uh, Cody Bellinger was from the L.A. Dodgers was pulled out of the game today by M- manager Dave Roberts for a lack of hustle. What do you think about that? Number one uh, rookie of the year last year getting pulled for not hustling down to first base. So we've had this this debate a hundred times. Whether it be on here or um, in private. You and I have always seemed to be on the same. I agree. You should hustle a hundred percent of the time. You're never going to embarrass yourself if you hustle. Uh, that's one of the few things that our Bosky said that I agree with. Um, but then again, let's say he was hustling down to first base and popped his hammy and was out for two months. Where, where do you draw the line as a baseball player That's or as a manager? I, I, I still think you got to hustle. If the injury is going to happen, it's going to happen either way. But you know the people, there's, there's unfortunately very two – smart sides to, to both of the stories you can you can talk both of them and both of them have good reasons why you would either hustle or not hustle but I've always been a fan of hustling yeah I, I am too uh, some of my favorite players who are never really all stars or uh, you know people that you would say are hall of famers were infamous hustlers uh, in the game of baseball and these these guys look like uh <laughs> you know, I I call them uh, softball league players because uh, that's kind of how they look. They had names that you would see on a softball league lineup card. Uh, you know, ca- recalling an old name from Cardinal history, Rex Hudler, uh, one of my favorite guys to watch when I was a kid. His uniform was always dirty. Uh, he was always diving into bases. He was always... Uh, running into the wall in the outfield. He just played with reckless abandon. Uh, never really an all-star uh, for the Cardinals or anywhere else that he played. He was kind of a journeyman, fourth outfielder, uh, but he always, always gave it 110%, and that was a guy that I always really had a lot of respect for. As well, Heather was one of my favorite Cardinals as well. Uh, you're right, never really got the fanfare, but Tell you what, when you watch somebody hustle and, 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 and work that hard, it just makes you love the game even more. Uh, but I agree. I mean, you have to – I think you got to hustle and respect the game. Um, so uh, I hope Bollinger learns from this. I definitely think he will. But that's the whole problem, though. That's why the Cardinals can't bench anybody for not hustling because Yachty doesn't hustle. 100% of the time. So you can't bench somebody and let you, when you don't make, you don't give all the players the same treatment. Right. Yeah. You know, and 
when you got a guy like you know the Cubs had back in the really really bad days in 07 and 08 and I say really bad days they were full of all all stars back then uh, and I believe they won uh, yeah they won 97 games in 08 but one of my favorite guys on that team outside of Jim Edmonds out in the center field uh, was Reed Johnson, who stuck with the team for a while, and he played with the Braves. He was another guy that just was, you know, lights out crazy in the outfield, diving for balls and uh, making plays. And when you don't have, when you got one guy on the team that stands in defiance of that, it just, you know, it ref- reflects poorly on the rest of the team because you had guys like Edmonds and Reed Johnson on the 08 team, and then you had Alfonso Soriano, uh, overpaid left fielder, uh, really kind of left a sour taste in a lot of Cubs fans' mouths because of the big contract that he got. And Aramis Ramirez, who was a production machine for the Cubs for several years, but those two guys never hustled. Uh, it's one of those things that they they never did hustle down to first base or try to leg one out. Soriano was. Uh, a 30-30 guy when he was with the the Yankees uh, before he came to the Cubs and it just always got under my skin uh, to see those guys kind of rest on their laurels and their home run power rather than uh, you know going full blast and doing what they can for the team to win and sadly enough you know in 08 that was one of those years where they could have won had they uh, played with a little bit more passion on both sides of the ball I agree. I and I think because hustling is infectious, and I think that's why uh, the Cardinals, when they had David Eckstein on the team, even though he wasn't the best player, he made the entire team better because everybody just hustled and had fun. I mean, he knew he knew he had a short window for his playing career, and he made the most of it uh, while he could. How about you? Got any more shots? Well, we always kind of kind of take a shot at the uh, standings and just kind of uh, see where we're at. Arizona off to still a tremendous start. They're nineteen and eight. Uh, Colorado, San Francisco, with the Dodgers and, and Padres all behind them. The Dodgers are still three games under five hundred. The Central right now uh, has one of the best overall records with Pittsburgh, Chicago, St. Louis, and Milwaukee all over five hundred. Only the lowly Reds. Uh, bearing up the center. The Mets still hot as a firecracker, 17-9. and Atlanta and Philadelphia, both over 500, for sec, you know, tied for second in the division. Washington is still struggling to find their identity. Is this, they're just not good? Or is it they're not gelling for the new manager uh, and Dave Martinez? Let's talk about them for a little bit, because everybody knows I'm a big Harper honk. He's even slowed down. He's barely batting over 250. Um, I know he's walking a ton, so obviously his on-base percentage is still high. What's going on? Is this just an abnormally slow start for them, or do you think there's a chance they don't make the playoffs this year? Uh, there could be a chance, especially with the how well the Mets and the Phillies are playing in that division. Um I think it's a combination of identity with the new manager. Uh, their pitching hasn't been really great uh, outside of Scherzer. Uh, Strasburg's been okay. Uh, Gio Gonzalez, for the most part, has been very subpar outside of today, which he pitched very well. 
Um, that fifth starter spot has always been kind of shaky for them. Tanner Rourke, one of those guys that when he's on, he's on, and when he's off, he's way off. And then the rest of the offense has just uh, been non-existent. Uh, as you said, Bryce Harper may be a victim of trying too hard, swinging at pitches he don't necessarily want to swing at and getting soft contact when he does get pitches to hit. Um, he leads the league in walks. I believe uh, opposing pitchers have figured that out, so they've ne- neutralized him as best as they can. Uh, you know, the old Barry Bonds theory. Uh, if they continue down this path and get to uh, the all-star break, I think Washington will start freaking out uh, a little bit. And you might see them as sellers at the deadline. Uh, whether that happens or not, I know I know it won't happen for Bryce Harper until the offseason. Uh, just be too crazy you for them to do. You don't think they'll trade him with this being a free agency and they could walk and not get anything for him? You uh, don't think if they're bad, they won't try to move him? I don't think Rizzo, uh, Mike Rizzo, the, the GM, would do that. Uh, he's just too sharp of a guy, and I don't think that there'd be any team willing to pony up the amount of prospects and players to get him, to be honest, for a six-month rental. Unless it was the Yankees, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I think you could be surprised. And you're right, though, but if it's a chance to to go to the series, they need that extra one. And again, it may not be a rental. I could see the Cubs pulling off a deal to try to get him if, the, if Washington really falls. I did not think Washington would be this bad. But, I know, it's still early. It's still not even through the first month. But well, <laughs> they can start jail. Uh, I think there'll be some trades at the deadline that'll be crazy. Uh, there's always there's also rumors in the mill right now with Baltimore tanking as bad as they are. Uh, they're not trying to tank, but they're just not playing well. Uh, there's been rumors that the Cubs may go after Manny Machado to play shortstop, and Addison Russell would be a part of that package. Now, that uh, given that rumor is just in its kind of small. Uh, incubation stages right at the moment but that that kind of a deal would be huge uh the problem with that is uh the cubs would then be out of the running for harper in the offseason so uh, i think there's some talks happening but uh i don't know you could be right in the fact and and matt sometimes you are right as you mentioned earlier in your fantasy league <laughs> about matt carpenter that uh, some team may decide, hey, I'll give you 10 of my best prospects plus this major league player or pitcher to get six months or three months out of Bryce Harper if it means we're going to the NLCS or the World Series or the ALCS. So you never know. It's baseball. (laughs) It is baseball. I look forward to it. So you talked about the American League. Yeah, Baltimore rounding out the seller at 8-20. Boston first of twenty wins this year at twenty and seven. New York is behind them. Toronto uh, and then Tampa Bay. Cleveland may very well run away with that division. I know they're only fourteen and twelve, so they're not great either. But every other team in that division is below five hundred. Mm-hmm. Detroit, Minnesota, Chicago, and Kansas City are all struggling mightily. I don't think we're going to see back to back great years from Minnesota. And then the West is actually pretty close as well. 
uh, other than Texas, who's 11 and 18. Houston's 19 and 10. Then they have the Angels and, and Mariners that are 16 and 11 apiece. And even Oakland is playing 400 ball at 14 and 14. So first month into the season, we have one day left before we jump into May. There's a lot of stuff I didn't see happening so far early in the season. And I definitely look forward to the roller coaster ride the season's going to take us on because it's definitely been a little bit different compared to seasons past. Yeah, I mean, look at that deal that the Astros cut for Garrett Cole, uh, a guy that had, he, I mean, he was the ace of the Pirates staff, but largely considered to be kind of a second or third tier starter for the Astros. The guy just set the Astros record for uh, strikeouts in April was 61 this month. Uh, you know, that team. Uh, seriously scares me. I think they could be the first team to repeat as World Series champions. Yeah, they made some moves, and sometimes even Verlander looks like he's found a fountain of youth so far in the early season of less than a 1-4 earned run average. Um, and, you know, Cole has been great. Uh, you're right, man. The, the Astros just really could be that special team. Yeah, and, you know, as the season has gone on, I think, uh, you know, Otani's going to be out now for a couple weeks with the sprained ankle. Uh, I think the Angels are going to start fading in the distance here fairly shortly, uh, maybe by the middle or late May. Uh, I just don't see them continuing at the pace that they've been playing at. Um, you know, the Central Division I don't think is going to be as bad as it's been. Uh, a lot of those teams haven't played each other yet once the division starts getting uh some more series i think that the twins may end up figuring things out i don't think the tigers ever will uh but yeah cleveland should should by all intents and purposes run away with that uh division at some point and i think they will but man i don't know what's gonna um what's going to happen in the end with all of that. I'm just, like I said, I'm ready for the roller coaster ride. Baseball is going to take me on. Yep, I'm right there with you. It's uh, kind of been just a regular old week of crazy good baseball. Uh, ready for me to take everybody home, or you got anything else on your mind? Take us home on those country roads. All right, well, this has been another episode of the Ground Rule Double. Uh, you can reach us at SoundCloud and iTunes, just click the little subscribe button. That's Ground Rule Double. You can also email us at groundrulex2 at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear some questions from any and all of our listeners, as well as any beer sponsors. We always like good beer. Uh, let us know something good to taste during the show, and we'll give you a shout-out. You can always find us here every week. Download us directly to your mobile device or listening device of your pleasure. From Ben Cox, Matt Trusty is on the other side. You can see us, well, not necessarily see us, thank goodness, but hear us here again next week right here on the Ground Rule Double. <laughs>